0: jinks ensue whenever the reds and pirates get together and for once well okay never mind it, it happened exactly like we thought it was going to happen it was going to be a split there's going to be a lot of weird stuff happen like michael papirski making good throws um diego castillo getting an intentional walk with two outs And, of course, the seventh inning of game two. But we're going to jump into all of that here on this Lockdown Reds, Lockdown Pirates crossover. Ethan Smith is with us from Lockdown Pirates as we are, all three of us, just diehard fans of teams that really don't love us back. We have a one way relationship with our teams and we're looking toward the future constantly is what it feels like. We will talk about all of that. In today's episode, thank you so much for making Lockdown Reds and On Pirates your first listen of the day. We're part of the On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today we are brought to you by the Sports Card Investor app. Coming up later on here in the show, we're going to tell you about this awesome new tool for sports card collectors that will help you fill out your collection at the Sports Card Investor app but we've got to start off i mean it's a double header is an impromptu i mean not impromptu It was scheduled but one of those weird things where it should have been an off day for both these teams and they're like okay let's throw two games on the schedule because we messed up the early part of the schedule with the lockout and so you're talking about 11 games in 10 days for the reds you're talking about the longest road trip, as as you mentioned off air, Ethan, for the Pirates since 1997. So of course these games were going to look a little weird, right?
1: Uh, yeah, weird enough to where um you apparently gave your starting pitcher in the second game, who was a reliever, and Trevor Hoffman <laughs> 34 pitches, and then he was done. I was like, okay, well that's how we're starting this game. Uh, oddly, you give enough, him too
0: much credit. You called him Trevor
2: Hoffman. It's Jeff Hoffman.
1: Jeff. Ma- <laughs> What, whatever Hoffman his crap. name is Hoffman
2: um, but that either is, way that is car family favorite Jeff Hoffman
1: there you go uh, but the craziest thing that happened today is Ruanzi Contreras in game one pitches six innings seven strikeouts and then his option to triple a literally about an hour after the game was over <laughs> for eric money health. off of. yeah um well their pirates twitter being the detectives <laughs> that they are uh figured out that um he is right around the area where that if he sits out through the all-star break and comes back after the all-star break he is no longer super two eligible
0: <laughs> math
1: oh so math works out doesn't it um it kind of sucks <laughs> and then of course in the second game you get Bryce Wilson's longest start of his career or tied for his longest start of his career. Good. And the Pirates, in typical Pirate fashion, mess it up um, <laughs> by doing whatever they called that. Um, I don't know at this point. The offense at this point is just what it is. There's nothing to fix it. They're just, I, I don't, after you get past the first four hitters, who cares? The only guy you have to worry about is O'Neill Cruz at that point. And even then, right now, you don't have to really worry about him. But as you said, hijinks abound. I expected a split from this. Uh, of course, as you mentioned uh, and I mentioned, very long road trip for uh, the Pirates. They will not be back home until after the All-Star break. So uh, hmm. season ticket holders, you can kiss July goodbye for the most part. <laughs> Um, And four games in 48 hours after the 16 to nothing shellacking that was yesterday to the Yankees or at the time of recording yesterday to the Yankees. But, um,
0: and as the Pirates play by play guy on TV said, this is ridiculous.
1: As he was talking about Josh van meter pitching, which (laughs) the critically acclaimed reporter, John Heyman decided he wanted to bring up to which I fired back and said, you were very quiet when we beat you on Tuesday. And, and people were like, why'd you say we? I said, well, according to John Heyman and most of the beat r- or major writers, baseball only exists in two cities, and that's New York and Los Angeles. That's where <laughs> I rest my case.
0: That's true. And, I mean, hijinks Sue, Steve. No,
2: it's, it's – The there Reds was had so no idea much. who's pitched – That's right. There were so much shenanigans. I mean, listen, apparently, like, they're adding Luis Sessa to the injured list whilst he's on the mound in in game one. I don't have any idea. (laughs) David Bell, look, David Bell had no idea who was going to pitch in game two. He that. I just envision, that's what he said. And I just envision, now listen, I don't believe that this phone call actually took place. But I like to picture in my head, David Bell waking up this morning or, or yesterday morning, and being like, "Okay, hey, doubleheader today." He gets on his phone. Hey, Nick. Yeah, I'm um, just kind of curious. Who are we bringing up to pitch game two? And Nick Cross says to him, "Guess what? It's a surprise. <laughs> Nobody had any idea <laughs> what was so going cool. on." I. It's it's the most confounding. This is a dadgum major league baseball team. Listen, I know they don't play like it a whole lot. I know they don't act like it hardly ever, but. I checked. They are actually a member of the national league. This is a major league baseball team and had zero clue who was going to start game two. Then you run Jeff Hoffman out there on, like Ethan said, a 30 pitch limit in a la opener format. And, and, and it is chaos. This whole, this whole two game one day series was absolute chaos. And it was everything that you would expect from these two teams taking the field under these circumstances. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense at all. It does not follow the baseball norms, and it really just leaves me confounded.
0: And and I think that chaos is what reigned in these two games. That's why, like, I mean, I've got some thoughts about some performances from a couple of guys that we'll get to here in a few minutes, but just overall, when I watched both these games, I'm like, what is going on? I mean, David Bell issued the forefinger in intentional walk sign to Diego 197 batting average Castillo with 2 outs That's and jack on deck. That's 198.
2: 198. Diego Castillo I think at the you. time. I, I swear yeah. he lost a bet. <laughs> For any they had a bet like Freddie Benavidez said to David Bell like I bet you won't walk this dude. And David Bell's <laughs> like hold my beer, watch this. Put him Here on. we go. Put him on. Nobody's watching anyway. It's like Bob euchre in major league. He's like one God dog hit one, one. That's all we got. It doesn't matter. Nobody's listening anyway. I'm telling you, that's what's going on in the Reds dugout right now. He's like, oh, yeah, you don't think I'll put him on? Watch me or go.
0: Oh, but I know this. The guy who came up next was Jack Sawinski, and I firmly expected he was going to make Mike Minor pay. Somehow Mike Minor got the strikeout baseball is it will never cease to be weird in any way possible but i'm gonna tell you what i saw some really good things from jonathan india and i gotta apologize to a reds relief pitcher that i've been really hard on we're gonna do that here in just a moment but i mentioned jack Sewinsky, ethan i don't know if you know this or not but for a while now on the Sports Card Investor app, Jack Sawinski has been one of the top 10 most valuable <laughs> trading cards, and he's showing a Colin Moran card. <laughs> Colin Moran in AAA Louisville right now.
2: <laughs> that is a yes. Louisville bat I'm, legend, Colin Moran. Sure. <laughs> yeah, have some respect.
0: Pretty sure you can get a good value on that on sports card on the sports card investor app. But Ethan, when you look at the sports card market and you're looking to find a good value, where's the best place to find that value? Uh,
1: I mean, sport card investor, obviously. I mean, I have the app pulled up right now, and uh, Julio Rodriguez. If you have those cards, sell them because uh, <laughs> that man is going up by the minute uh, oh, no. oh, yeah. at the current moment. Anthony Rodriguez, another card that's very popular. If you're into football, Mac Attack uh, Jones without the K, of course, is uh, number three. Brian Bello, who is making his debut, or I think made his debut already for Boston, yep. is number four.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Tom Brady, number five, another Julio Rodriguez card at number six. You can see it'll tell you all this stuff. Even Colin Sexton is there today at number seven. <laughs> so there you go. But this whole app, it gives you it's a great interface. You could search anything. You'll see all that fun stuff, and of course, locked on listeners. You guys know what to do. It's all about the engagement here at the Locked On Podcast Network. You got to make sure you go check this stuff out. Um, you could find past and present day players, all that good stuff. Um, it's the hobby's most powerful resource, and there's over six hundred thirty thousand cards. It's a lot of and cards. That, could you? Could you imagine?
2: Could- that's the nice thing about it you know for me like i don't generally engage in the let's try and flip these cards fast let's see if i can make some money off of them really quickly but i like to go out and get the cards of the guys that i really like and then check in on them every so often and with the sports card invest draft, you can do that you can dial in on, on cards you've been sitting on for a few years and see have they gone up in value is now the right time uh to move them along or have they appreciated because uh, you know, for me, I'm I'm a very sentimental type of guy, so I like to hang on to that, you know, you know Phil Gosling rookie card, Jeff, and just wait for the time to be right to move it along, and obviously that time is never coming, but I like to. I, you know, I talked to you about this before I've got a couple King Griffey Jr. rookie cards that I'm sitting on just waiting for the right day. And you know, I've got a couple Jonathan India's that I picked up last year because I knew that it was something special he was putting together and I'm going to save those and the sports card investor app will let me know exactly when the time is right.
0: Yeah, you buried the lead there with the Phil Goslin rookie card. You're gonna be—that's the insert the GIF of like the people turning to skeletons from the Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's you're waiting for a while. But on the Griffey, on the India, lots of great stuff. Plus, they've got like celebrity cards, Marvel cards that you can find on there. They've got it all. Check it out: sportscardinvestor.com/slash locked on to download it today. You can find it on the App Store or the Google Play Store. That's the Sports Card Investor. Thanks again for making Locked On Reds and Locked On Pirates your first listen. Make sure that you're subscribed because we got a lot of stuff for you every single day. I know that Ethan had a marathon day of podcasting for the Pirates, and there's a lot going on, as he said, with this long road trip. And this doubleheader that was just full of chaos still had some good performances because I looked at Jonathan India coming into, I mean, really this week. He struggled mightily, and he even said so after the second game of this doubleheader. He said, you know, it's been probably the most frustrating stretch of my young career so far. He's like, it's not as if I've been around for a while, but... I have just been searching, and I've had a hard time seeing pitches at the plate, but I'm feeling like I'm getting back to hitting the pitches where they are, hitting them to all fields, and I've got my swing back, and he showed it today. He had four hits, a couple of RBIs, absolutely love to see it because Jonathan India being back is only going to help. I mean, he is one of five guys on this team that I don't want the Reds to entertain trade offers for right now. I literally want them to think about everybody else on the major league roster and some in AAA as well.
1: Can I hear but, these five guys before you continue?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's India Stevenson, green Lodolo and Ashcraft. And, and okay. Maybe six. I, I really like Alexis Diaz, but honestly, if there's a really good trade offer, for trade him, him, I consider Yeah. But yeah, that's it. Those are the guys like everybody else. As much as I love Joseph Daniel, if somebody out there comes up with a deal and he waves his no trade clause, you know, it's time. I, I would like to see him chase a ring anyway. It's not going to be here.
1: Send them all. Send them. There all.
2: was, you know, there was a lot of great performances. Uh, you can look across game one and game two. And I know Ethan's going to jump in and I want to tell you about, uh, talk about, uh, a podcasting, uh, joggernaut today. That is Ethan Smith. Uh, And, you know, some of our buddies on Twitter called us out, Jeff, for not having an in-between games podcast. (laughs) And I'm thinking, well, I can't say anything because Ethan's actually doing that today. So I will,
1: to be fair, I did miss it. I did miss it. But I went live on MLB The Show for the entire game
2: okay so. see so so you're going the extra mile and i really yeah. do appreciate that but you know jeff's talking about guys that that really delivered over this the course of these two games and the first game you know we lost that game there was there was a lot in that game to unpack but in the second game uh i could not be more excited to see brandon drury go two for four with two rbis because raise that trade value sell him high get him the hell out of here trade him for whatever we can get do it today. Secondly. The surprise of the night for me is Duggar coming in for 3.2 innings pitched, <laughs> striking out five guys. Now, he walked two in that same time frame, but he struck out five guys. I mean, yes! Give me some more of that. That, that for me, was the surprise performance of the night. I did not see that coming. I did not expect it, uh, and it was a welcome surprise in this ridiculousness of a doubleheader that we played today with Pittsburgh Pirates.
0: Yeah. I, I also looked at on the pitching side of things, Revar San Martin, because he's a guy that I've been really hard on. And I don't know, maybe it's just when he pitches against the Pirates, because I did look this up. He's now got 14 and a third career and he's against the Pirates and he's given up two earned runs. So yeah, I think it's just the Pirates, but he pitched really well, two and two thirds had three strikeouts, Nobody on base at all whatsoever against them. So I love to see that kind of a performance. But I mean, for me, honestly, it all changed in the seventh inning when Josh Van Meter just kicked the ball. I mean, it was a total easy, I mean, not total easy, but it looked like it should have been a routine play and just he booted it across the infield and then chaos ensued.
1: Uh, What player on the Reds is the player that everybody in Cincinnati universally does not want on the team anymore? Okay, cool. That's Josh Van Meter over here Um, (laughs) because you, you bring up the, um, the kicked ball that was first, but then to me, the even bigger play of that inning was when him and Ben Gamble had that miscommunication on that blooper. And as soon as that happened, I said, here we go. And, and, Ben Gamble, love the guy. The dude has energy that you cannot find in a lot of guys. But on that Brandon Drury play, or yeah, it was Drury that hit the triple that scored two. Mm -hmm. Just keep that ball in front of you, dude. I know if you make that play, that's a play of the year candidate. You save the runs and stuff like that. But that was one of those plays where, to me, keep the ball in front of you. Because personally, I don't think they go home on that play, really, with how deep it was especially if you field it any sort of correctly. And even if they do, Gamble has a pretty decent arm. But yeah, you're right. Seventh inning turned everything around, which is funny. When you look at the scorecard on ESPN still, it says that Wilson and Stratton only gave up one earned run apiece. That math doesn't exactly add up when they lost 5-1. to one. Um, Another fun tidbit before that inning started that I thought was really hilarious. The two teams had one run each, five hits each, and one error each. They were equally (laughs) as horrible, Um, which is the question that I have, is if the Pirates and the Reds combined, how many wins would they have?
0: You're talking about, like, combine the rosters? If they
1: just combine the rosters and took the best players from both of the rosters and made a lineup, uh, how many wins would they have?
0: Well, you'd have a better lineup for sure. Well, you'd have a
1: lineup of, like, Jonathan, India, Hayes, Reynolds.
2: Nike win. I think we'd there's still be three. last place in the division. Even if you yeah. combine <laughs> those two teams, it would still be a last place team. Fair. Yeah.
0: Just cuz there's no bullpen whatsoever. I mean there's Bednar and that's it as far as the
2: bullpen. Yeah. Like
0: cuz there's nobody on this Reds bullpen that I'm like Cause when Bednar came out in the first game, I'm like, yeah, oh, that's the guy right there. Like there's nobody that's a guy in this reds bullpen and they've showed it all year. And anybody that we thought in spring train was going to be close to being a guy is on the IL right now. There's so many guys on the IL and with Luis Sessa, going on the IL in between games. It just added to it. Like he was one of the few that had not touched the IL this year. And here he's on it too. I think um, somebody joked that the Reds have, well, of course now 29 wins, but they have 29 wins and 16 people on the IL. It's like, you know, it's, it's not as if your wins are going to go down, but that's kind of creeping generously close to the number of wins you have. And that's uh, that's good. a little bit
1: tough. But yeah, between the two games for me personally, I mean, Vogelbach in the second game, three for four, you'll take that all day. As you guys mentioned with Drury, Vogelbach is becoming a guy that you could potentially trade somewhere. He's sneaky right now. 242 average doesn't, you're not sending that home to anybody, but you know if you get something back for him, that works. And I think you have the shout out, Bryce Wilson and Contreras in both of these games. They gave you six innings. They both did well. Of course, the result for Wilson wasn't the same, but, I mean, both of those guys did what they were supposed to do. I also think it's funny that uh, Pirates Twitter at this point with, like, games like this just in general are starting to start comparing Charrington and Neil Huntington and how Neil Huntington made the playoffs three times and had four winning seasons, and I always retract that statement Pirates fans who are listening and Reds fans who are listening, for that matter. Charrington has been the general manager of this team for three years. One of those years was a 60 game season. The second one was a season that didn't start on time. And another one this year that did not start on time. The guy has literally not been the general manager of the team in a normal year since he started. And this is also considering that the team that you see now, that Jeff called fun a week ago is only going to get more fun. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have so many guys to choose from moving into next year. There's still way too much time to write that, put the writing on the wall Mm -hmm. on a general manager that has Jason delay a catcher right now.
2: You know, you know, (laughs) Ethan, I want to unpack that for just a second because right now in Cincinnati, I am ready to run Nick crawl out of town on the rails, our general manager. Uh, But he's been in a very similar situation. You know, Dick Williams steps away. Nick crawl takes over in what is not normal baseball time. And I feel like that even though it's not normal baseball time, I've been able to see enough to evaluate his decision-making and that he cannot construct a roster to save his life. And that's why we've got David Bell out there not knowing who's going to start a game for him. And we've got not a catcher on our roster that can hit the ball and, and many, many more of those types of examples. But, you know, I hear you saying maybe cut your guy a little bit of slack because he's got a plan. Is that really how you feel? Is that what you think? Can you unpack that just a little bit more for me? Yeah. And
1: I mean, the thing is, too, is I don't want to evaluate Charrington until we get to a point where this team says, okay, his guys are here now. If you're looking across this roster, like, say, the roster they had in the second game, right, he signed Vogelbach in free agency. Throw that away. We're going to talk about the, the young guys. Reynolds was from the old regime. Cruz was from the old regime. The only guy that was in the lineup that was not from the old regime are Suwinski and Castillo. There's not too many of Charrington's guys yet. That's going to be next year when you get into the idea that his first draft pick was Nick Gonzalez. He's also drafted Henry Davis, Anthony Solamedo, who's looking like Shohei Otani, light, 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 down there at the FCL right now. <laughs> and you look at what he inherited and everybody said, well, he had Musgrove, Talio, and Bell, and he traded all of them away. Those guys weren't winning anything together. That was the right move at the time to get whatever you could out of those guys and cut your losses and call it a day. But you even look at the trades that he's made. He traded Adam Frazier for two Capito, Marcano and Jack Sawinski. Marcano and Sawinski are outplaying Adam Frazier. Mm-hmm. Adam Frazier didn't even stay on the team that they traded them to. You get Rolange Contreras and Miguel Ujure and Mike Heliscato, a guy who's still far away from the Yankees, in the uh, Jamison Tallion deal. That's starting to look fine. Contreras looked well today. He's looked fine. Most of his trades have been fine. Will Crow has become a good bullpen arm in the Josh Bell trade. All I could say to Reds and Pirates fans at this point with the general managers, I don't know how it is for Cincinnati, but for Pittsburgh more in particular i'm not judging him until his guys come up here we see a kind of winner being formed then i will judge it based off of the free agent signings the trades that he makes because that's where neil huntington messed up i.e chris archer
0: and I want to jump into some of that here, especially kind of some more moves that Charrington can make this season, and what Nick Craw is going to do this season as well. Coming up here in just a moment, but I first got to shout out Built Bar because coconut brownie chunk. Do you like coconut? I love coconut. Coconut is
2: amazing. Hey, listen, I live in Hawaii. Coconut rains.
0: Coconut
1: awesome that's the only reason he's happy for everybody listening is because he lives in Hawaii it's the only reason there's a smile (laughs) on his face right
0: now brownie awesome and then they put it on a puff I mean the puff bar is the Hawaii of built bars It, it really is like I love the puffs all of the puffs you're talking about banana uh cream pie you're talking about coconut puff now they took coconut brownie which by itself on a bar it was pretty good last year when they made it now they made a puff out of it sign me up i'm sure that they're not going to be there for long though you better get to built.com and get them today plus you can use the promo code locked 15 and you'll save 15 off that order because when you look at the puffs marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate with the kind of statistics that every single general manager would want on their team. Talking about around you know 130 calories, right there around 18 grams of protein and low fat, low sugar. This stuff fits into every diet, even keto. Check them out today. That's built.com and locked 15 for your promo code. Save 15%. Go get you some coconut brownie chunk built, uh, built puffs. Right now, today, Built.com. promo code LOCKED15. Thanks again for listening and watching this Locked on Reds, Locked on Pirates crossover. Ethan Smith of Locked on Pirates joining myself, Jeff, and Steven from Locked on Reds as we unpack this strange two-game doubleheader. Day at Great American Ballpark, and we, we talked about the chaos. We talked about some performances that we liked. Let's look ahead, though, because we mentioned the general managers. We talked about Ben Sherrington and, and kind of how they are still waiting on his guys to get up here. I would like to see what happens, although I don't necessarily think of Nick Crawl as having guys. like and maybe that's unfair, but I just I, I look at Nick Crawl and I look at why he was promoted to general manager, and I just don't think it has anything to do other than the fact he does not push back on ownership. So, with that in mind, how they attack this trade deadline is super important to the future of this franchise because we've earmarked 2024 and I think part of the reason I said that the Pirates are fun and I'm jealous of the Pirates is because I really believe they can earmark next year. They can really make some moves. I don't know if it starts with this trade deadline or if it's they're probably looking more to the off season, but maybe you can speak more to that is it, are they going to begin the process of transitioning to a more competitive team this trade deadline season?
1: This is going to sound really weird but a lot of it kind of hinges on what you guys do yeah. because yeah. our main trade piece also happens to be a starting pitcher. He just happens to be a much older starting pitcher who has still consistently been good in Jose Quintana, but Reds fans already know this. Luis Castillo is the prize of the starting pitching trade market. Yeah. Wherever he goes, whatever teams don't get him are going to immediately start looking below that. That's where the Pirates come in with Quintana. That's where the A's come in with Frankie Montas and J.P. Winkledine and all those guys that they have over there. It's going to be very interesting because I think Quintana is like the one guy I'd be like, okay, this is fine. You're supposed to trade him. Right. And they could even extend him if they want to. They have that option. Chris Stratton, who you saw tonight, he's been off and on, but I think they still try to move him. There's no guy, though, that I feel comfortable with the Pirates moving on from that is okay. Like Brian Reynolds has been brought up again. If I had a freaking dime for every time I see a (laughs) Brian Reynolds of the Yankees trade, I'd be rich. I wouldn't even, I, you guys, I would do this for free because I wouldn't need it. Um, but Brian Reynolds, I can't justify trading the guy. And I actually asked a question while I was on that live stream today that I did during the game. What teams is Brian Reynolds not start on in the major league baseball?
0: And he sucks for everybody. I mean, he's one the only, one of
1: the, the only yeah. couple I mentioned, and the only one that came to my head immediately was Toronto because they have Springer, Hernandez, and Lourdes Goriel. That's literally the only mm. reason. And then at that point, who cares? That's why the DH exists. But right. David Bednar has been thrown in the mix. I saw Bleacher report throw him out for Minnesota because Minnesota has been a surprise team, but their bullpen outside of Johan Duran is absolutely terrible. Um, but other than that, I mean, maybe Vogelbach, maybe Gammel, but there's not a ton to really do. So if I were the Pirates, Stan Pat, maybe Trey Quintana, but I think it all starts really in the offseason, especially fixing this catcher position and fixing the bullpen. I think that's where you have to start, but I think they definitely will push it back. But I also said that last year when they traded Adam Frazier and did everything that they did with trading Clay Holmes, who all of a sudden is the best reliever in baseball now.
2: And you know, Jeff, and you can and by all means jump in when you disagree with me, but for me, you know, Nick Craw has once again the ability to show that he might know a little bit about what he's doing as a front office executive. Uh, if he trades Luis Castillo as any part of a package that includes dumping bad contracts, a la Mike Mustakis, it will set up an epic failure for the Cincinnati Reds in epic. this new direction that they insist... That they want to go in i mean right now you and i have talked about it on many podcast episodes we've talked about it with ethan if your name is not green ashcraft lodolo stevenson or india you should be available for trade right now today they should move everybody that is not nailed down and those are the five guys that are nailed down nick Craw has an absolute obligation to the fans of this team to the city of Cincinnati and to the ownership group of the Cincinnati Reds that aren't named Castellini to get the absolute maximum return for all of those guys that don't have those five last names. And if Castellini insists on packaging bad contracts with the premier trade chips, that this team has, it is going to torpedo the Cincinnati Reds for years to come.
0: No, I, I 100% agree. And the, the, The metaphor of, you know, trade everything that's not nailed down. Basically, look at this team and say, who's going to be here when they're good again? Which we keep saying 2024 is when, honestly, we're hoping when that's going to happen. But it kind of looks like that's going to be the year. So if they're not going to be here in 2024, trade them. And to your point, Ethan, that's why you don't trade Brian Reynolds. And that's why you don't trade David Bednar, because they're going to be there when the Pirates are good again, because the Pirates are going to be good again next year. (coughs) I hope so. So when you. (coughs) <coughs> so when you look, I got all choked up thinking about that. Um, so when you look at the moves that these teams need to make, they have to have that in mind because obviously this is not the year, but they know when the year is and it's coming up soon. And that. Is how they're going to move forward. I tell you what, we are going to have that covered every single day. Whether you're talking locked on Pirates, you're talking locked on Reds, Ethan's got you covered on the future of the Pirates. Steve and I are going to just really focus a lot on what the future of the Reds are because trust me, Ellie De La Cruz got named to the Futures team and he absolutely murdered the baseball yesterday, three homers in a game including hitting a dude on the lawn in the head who like wasn't even watching the game like I feel sorry for the guy but he got clunked and like fell over it was hilarious looking. Anyway, there's lots to talk about when it comes to the future of our teams and we'll be covering it each and every day. Thank you everyone for watching and listening to this Lockdown Reds Lockdown Pirates crossover. Now make Lockdown MOB prospects your second listen because the draft is coming up and Lindsey Crosby has you covered on all things. MLB draft and the stars of tomorrow. That's Lockdown MOV Prospects, just like Lockdown Reds and Lockdown Pirates, free and available on all platforms. We'll talk to each and every one of you One Monday.